today this is episode four of the 35 podcast this is so official <laughs> um and so we have i've asked um a special guest jackie and jackie works at maxar or jacqueline do you care I either don't, way okay no preference um which is an aerospace company and so you are you have a background in aerospace engineer is your degree correct that's correct yes okay that is correct <laughs> okay so i just wanted to start kind of with um like your background we kind of were talking before we started recording that you really didn't have anyone in your family you didn't really come from like a ton of money and a lot of the other people in your class you kind of saw so did you if you want to kind of expand on that did you have um family members that you saw were engineers or maybe like doctors or lawyers or you know like the big kind of power careers yeah like that um so no I actually didn't have I was a first generation student which is I'm the first person in my family to graduate and not only like within my immediate family but like in general mm -hmm. um so I didn't really have any role models I would say in terms of like going down the engineering path but I had always been I guess you could say like the thing that really inspired me to become an engineer was my obsession with space. Like, since I was a little kid, I just, mm. space was something that I, because it's so unknown and like, there's so yeah. much that for me, it was like, hey, I, what else can we learn? What else yeah. can we do out there? So it was intriguing. Yeah. That's what got me started on that path. Was there like, because um, I remember we do like, are you from Colorado? Uh, well, I grew up here, but I wasn't born here. Okay. Same. See, <laughs> same. <-sies. laughs> And samesies, I'm the first technically to go to to school. And so I kind of wanted to ask, like, a, I guess I have a two-part thing that I wanted to touch on. But um, I'd never really realized, like, how important it is to kind of, like, see people around you doing the things. Yeah. Because, like, it always seemed to me that, like, being an engineer or being a doctor or being a lawyer was so unattainable that, that that's, like a class above me like I can't do that stuff no one in my family does that stuff and then you realize like these are just people too like you yeah. just go to school and those are those are people that's what you do so it's awesome that you're you know first generation and you just did it and you're like fuck it I'm doing it yeah so that's good did you have um like in elementary school did you go to like outdoor lab or something where um you saw, you looked at like space, you looked at through telescopes, things like that, or you just naturally kind of were intrigued? I don't remember going to anything like that. No. Not in elementary school. I think the first time I saw something through a telescope was in high school. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, actually, I don't know. My mom says that one day I just woke up talking about aliens and I'm really? obsessed <laughs> with aliens. And so I think... I must have seen something where something yeah. must have captured, but I don't know. Like, I honestly don't there know where it like started. was like one moment? Huh. No, I don't. I, I can't. I can't give you an exact moment, no, unfortunately. But my mom says that. She's like, when did you just like start talking about aliens <laughs> and like what was out there in space? And I think that's kind of like where it where grew it and grew and grew. And yeah. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. Dang. Have you seen all the, the like UFO videos that they're releasing now? Yeah. What do you think of that? I mean, can you say, <laughs> can I say, <laughs> do you have clearance <laughs> that you can't tell us? Um, I thought they were really interesting. I think it's, I don't know. Sometimes when things like that come out, I'm like, okay, well, what are they trying to distract us from, you know, or something like yeah. that. But, um, well, they released all those like right during the pandemic and everyone was just like, yeah, UFOs, whatever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> to me, it's like, was it wasn't a big, 
it was a big deal but honestly like i've always believed that there's like life out there i mean yeah there's a huge universe and we're like in this tiny little ass part of it so i'm like there has to be something out there um so i don't know it was kind of like really cool to see and it's like all right maybe there is something and you know we've come close to being in in contact with with other smarter or not smarter, smarter. I don't, they're probably smarter <laughs> they're probably. let's be real but we never know we never know i guess yeah but yeah yeah i think it's just really interesting and yeah i'm fascinating that that stuff is kind of available yeah now. that was that was crazy like that was like videos of things like defying gravity yeah and then they had some guy from the navy and he was like that's not even the tip of the iceberg like we've had videos forever so that's kind of intriguing stuff that they release right during a pandemic but yeah i don't know they were like trying to get people to like find a distraction or yeah who Who knows knows? but yeah so then um in high school you were saying that you went to um a stem school yes but it didn't really offer that much stem not (laughs) Not too much yeah um but still you were kind of always focused on some sort of engineering or was it always aerospace engineering yeah, so I did go to a STEM school. I can can I say yeah, which yeah. one? I don't care. Oh, it's, I went to the Denver School of Science and Technology, but I was in the second founding class, so I think they were still trying to figure out mm. what it meant to bring STEM to a high school, like a high school. Yeah. Um, and it was like right in the middle of what I would say, like the division between really rich neighborhoods and like really low income neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got a mix of like both sides of both worlds or i don't even know what to to say to that but so it was a really interesting experience in terms of that but i think they were still trying to figure it out um i knew aerospace since i was little because i wanted to be an astronaut but there's height requirements and i'm a little short for that so (laughs) unfortunately i couldn't be an astronaut uh and I don't know. I think i took a tour once in middle school of cu and they were like these are different engineering Mm-hmm. programs and i was like wait there's like engineering and space combined like okay that's that's gotta that's be it. it right yeah so i kind of had the thought in the back of my mind and then once you actually get serious about looking into colleges i remember thinking like all right i think that's what i want to do mm-hmm. so i did apply to cu and mit and embry riddle i believe um, and is it in arizona or florida or they have a couple i think they had a couple but i think the one that i applied to is the one in arizona oh okay yeah nice. I, yeah yeah i ended up getting into all three but i went with cu because i i love cu campus see you you over mit i know everyone always is like are you crazy but <laughs> dang um, well it's all about colleges are all about like the prestige though too i yeah. mean they're all teaching the same thing it's just i mean yes the name I, I mean, it would have been kind of cool to say I went yeah. to MIT, but yeah. at the same time, like I said, I didn't come from a rich family or yeah. anything, so tuition was a big factor in that. As what is the tuition? Do you remember? I, do, I, I don't know if I was looking at it wrong, but I think it's like 54 a year Damn. or something That's like that. That's probably right. You're probably so right. I, I remember as like a high school student, you look at the number and you're like, uh, yeah. no way. Like, how can I do that? And I mean, she their scholarship. Yeah, but that expensive, but it's, isn't it? It's that's a little less. Yeah. I think I think it's like twenty eight, so it's oh, about oh, half. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Not about half. Close. But yeah. it, it's still expensive. But yeah, I think yeah. for the scholarships that I had, I was like, okay, that's more doable to do yeah. at CU. And I don't I don't want to graduate with a lot of debt. So yeah, absolutely. Um, and my mom's also been really close to me, and she like the thought of me leaving was just like yeah, very overwhelming to her. So I think overall it was a good decision. Yeah, absolutely. 
And mm-hmm. so when you when you got there initially, um, well, I guess you, first you would take the prerequisites. You weren't necessarily mm-hmm. taking engineering classes. But you, if you want to touch on kind of you as a, a woman, how many other like women were in your aerospace engineering and what kind of classes were you, did you take do you mm-hmm. remember what classes yeah so our freshman year like you said it was a lot of general classes like physics one chemistry mm-hmm. um math things like that um sophomore year is where you really like start to go into some of the aerospace classes i remember i think our class started out and i'm gonna say this now just because it's like whatever get it out of the way but i think we started out with like 160 students in our class and Uh we graduated with 60 so we lost 100 yeah so i remember like when we first started there was like i think 20 girls Uh out of like the 160 and then when we graduated there was five of us left um holy crap so yeah it's a huge drop off not only in terms of like for girls but also in terms of people that just don't make it in general Yeah. yeah it is tough i your sophomore year is what they refer to as like a huge weed out year. So they, the classes are really intense. Yeah. Um, but some of the types of classes I took, uh, aerodynamics, thermodynamics, aircraft dynamics, spacecraft design, okay. uh, orbital mechanics. Those are senior projects. Stuff like that. It, well, it sounds like like that would be extremely intriguing for you if, mm. if all your life, or not all your life, but at a point you thought space is ridiculously amazing and then they're like this is how you build a spacecraft yes i remember i freaked out my sophomore year because (laughs) of all the math like i remember i was like in diff eq and i was like holy moly like can i do this like all the math was applied it's not like they give you an equation they're like solve for x Mm -hmm. it was like here's a real life problem how do you solve this with math yeah um and it kind of scares you away a little bit. And I can see why a lot of people are like, nope, this isn't for me. Yeah. Um, but like you said, because I had wanted to do this my whole life, I was like, I got to keep going and give it an actual shot. So I was actually really glad for that, I, that it kept me in the program. Uh, and yeah, I I got to learn from two previous astronauts. Like, Damn. So that was really cool too. That's cool, yeah. Like our spacecraft design class, I think. No, it was humans in life, sorry. Humans in space. Not in life. In life. <laughs> humans in life. Just no. in general. Humans in space. Uh, he had a class where basically like he just talked about his experiences as like an astronaut in the International Space Station. Mm-hmm. And that was probably my favorite class. It was just like a huge okay. story time. I feel like how do you return to being a normal human after you like see Earth from that perspective? Yeah, I don't even I don't know. understand. I feel like it would just completely changed my perspective of yeah, everything like I, I would feel so insignificant at that point like. yeah i couldn't just come back and then okay i go to work again like yeah. you're like no yeah silly yep That's but he insane. was like a That's really cool professor amazing. too yeah like his life was crazy he lived in dallas and he would fly his own plane to teach us which oh. is like so surreal to me i'm like Dang. okay that's crazy what a baller yeah i'm like <laughs> meanwhile i have five dollars for the yeah. rest of the week i guess Dang. i don't know that's crazy that's that's amazing the the odds that 160 people and only 60 would it did some like transfer to different schools or you just knew at the end 60 graduated and that was it i mean you don't figure out what you happens really to everyone i know some of them transferred to other engineering programs mm. within cu i know others completely changed to other careers like yeah i had a friend and he switched to business yeah just um, completely changed yeah so i think it just depended on the person yeah 
Is there is there kind of a, a hierarchy of engineers? Because I remember I <laughs> yeah there is. <laughs> I remember one. It was like two New Year's Eves ago or one. I went hot tubbing at the apartment, mm-hmm. my apartment I used to live in, and there was two engineers in there, and I was a little intoxicated, but um, <laughs> I was like asking them questions and stuff, and they had like their security clearance and they worked at uh, the Air Force. I worked for the Air Force or something, but they were saying that they're like oh that one engineering was so hard so i just went down to some i can't remember what it was but i was like it kind of blew my mind because i was like i thought just all engineering is just hard and just engineering but he was like oh no that i think it was like packaging engineering sorry puppy dogs he's like that's so easy Mm -hmm. is it (laughs) yeah well no i mean i feel like you're asking the wrong person because aerospace engineers have the stereotype of being cocky or thinking that they're like in the best engineering yeah. i mean and i want to say i believe it but also you know i'm I trying think, to be nice <laughs> yeah i think no i think in like the in my mind i would just say general public that like i hear aerospace engineer and you're like oh that person's an astronaut and that's like the top of the top that well, you can be i think we get that perspective where that stereotype is because you learn a little bit about all of the engi- other engineers engineering oh, okay. like we had structures which is kind of like civil engineering we uh-huh. had a lot of electronics which is like electrical engineering mm-hmm. uh you have to learn how things move like mechanical like you know so yeah, i think it's more i wouldn't say well i don't okay yeah you just learn a lot <laughs> yeah in like four years uh-huh. and i think that's why people consider it like what someone would learn in two semesters as an electrical engineer, you have to squish into Damn. three months, you know? So it's like, dang, it's a lot yeah, to take in. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's so, why not people I'm the think best, of it like that. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that makes perfect sense if you're pulling from every aspect of engineering. Um, yeah. Yeah. Using all that. So how many hours, like in the, the thick of it, how many hours are you just spending studying um are you are you taking actually let's start with it. are you taking how many classes um sorry a semester are you taking uh so part of being in aerospace yeah you take a full 18 credits minimum i think okay. one semester i took 21 and i almost wanted to die oh my gosh but yeah you take 18 credits which i think is like six classes or something like that mm-hmm. um not all of them are aerospace. Some are like, you still have to take English. You have to yeah. take like engineering ethics, which things like that. Um, yeah. History. Some electives, they do give you some. Oh, that's interesting. Engineering yeah. ethics? Yeah. So like the ethics behind creating yeah. like a responsible satellite or building things well, yeah, just that aren't going like, to be a detriment to yeah, society? Yeah, exactly. Like mm. how does putting something out there affect society? How does it affect mm. those around not only while you're building it, but like while it's operational or while. Yeah, that's a huge responsibility. I've never even like thought of. Yeah, I'm not that smart to <laughs> to make things that would affect society. Yeah, if you're sending a satellite out there that is like taking pictures of people's homes or I don't know what the capabilities of you know how fast it can go, but that's interesting. Yeah, be an interesting. I mean, class. yeah, you have to think about all of those things when you're Mm -hmm. an engineer it's like otherwise you're not bettering like the whole thing behind engineering is like helping right it's like Mm -hmm. building things that can help society in some way and i mean not always does it go that way but i feel like in the back of your mind they kind of try to teach you like hey 
yeah make sure you're doing the right thing instead of like taking something and potentially hurting a lot of people through yeah. what you made um yeah but in terms of hours in school i had a different experience like i said i had to work a full-time job when i was in school so where'd you work at i well <laughs> no. kind of all over the place <laughs> oh, okay. but you don't have to get into that if you don't i mean no like my freshman year i like my freshman year i didn't work actually i was i had my job from high school uh-huh. i worked at the children's museum here in denver oh okay. so i did that on the weekends which was okay yeah. i would go to that in the morning and then i would go home and study and do homework <laughs> um but like when sophomore year started and i had to move out of the dorms and i had mm-hmm. to get like an apartment i had to oh move. in boulder that's yeah expensive it's expensive yeah so and it's not like i could go home like a lot of my friends were like why do you have to have a job can't your parents just pay for it and i'm like yeah um, my mom's already working two jobs like yeah i can't not happening not gonna happen <laughs> so i started working at like chipotle i worked at chipotle at 24-hour fitness um but then like luckily i got a job on campus mm-hmm. and i was able to work in between classes so i would oh. go to class at eight then work for a couple hours, then go to my next class, work. Um, and then in the afternoons, I would, <clears throat> it was just work some more mm-hmm. and then study, do homework. Um, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. I don't think I had free time. Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Never. Ever. Yeah, Not even on the weekends. Like it. So. So really no partying through college? No partying. No. I, I have like a funny story. I like left the engineering center once at like 3 a.m. Uh-huh. from like studying with some uh, other people uh-huh. and i got pulled over and the officer was like what party are you coming from and i was like i wish <laughs> yeah, the library <laughs> the library <laughs> the center, sir. i haven't done anything fun in the past four years so oh, embarrassing yeah but that was kind of that was the life for that sure that was a life that's yeah. what you had to do yep during finals i don't think i there was one time where i feel like i didn't sleep for like three days or something like that it was just like go 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 damn it was really intense damn that's insane and for all four years or was the sophomore year was the hardest did it kind of ease up or it just was as intense all four years i think it was just as intense i think the one time that i think it got a little better was i feel like the last semester Mm -hmm. just because we had senior project but you didn't have any other super hard classes like we had orbital mechanics which was hard but i think mm. i mean i'm trying to sound cocky but for me it was in that like <laughs> hard so it's fine you're not, you um, don't sound cocky <laughs> so i mean yeah it, or maybe i'm i was just used to like the amount of work that it, yeah. it was just like it's another hard class whatever, yeah it was just, just like all right whatever let's deal with it yeah. um so i think either you get used to it or mm-hmm. who knows but who knows junior year was hard too yeah 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 well in an aerospace like i like the space part uh-huh but you also have to learn about airplanes and aircraft and oh yes yes that i mean at the beginning i was like Ugh, i don't really care <laughs> but i actually fell in love with them too but they're really hard i feel like yeah because i didn't know anything like with space uh-huh. i was like okay i kind of know a little bit i've read about this or yeah. i've been interested in this so i studied it a little bit with aircraft i was like i have no idea no so that was like another challenge but are there like similarities between the two like creating a spaceship and an air like a commercial airplane yeah there's some similarities but i would say there's they're in completely different environments yeah um so it's true extreme temperatures in space (laughs) yeah here uh like a lot of satellites and stuff aren't they don't have people inside so yeah there's 
well, there's still a ton of risk because you're still spending a ton of risk. billions of dollars yes, for this. But, but there's no human life yes, at risk yes. with an aircraft. I feel like I don't know, even last year with the 737 Max from Boeing, how mm-hmm. they were like, there's like three that crashed or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. Then they, yeah. what is the word when you put them on the ground? Grounded them. <laughs> yeah, they grounded them all until they figured out what yeah. was wrong, right? So I think. There's some similarities in like the design process, but I think mm. ultimately the design is very different. Yeah. Have you seen that the Challenger documentary about the It's on Netflix. It's super oh, interesting. Oh, I haven't. I don't think so. It's about, I didn't even know there was one. Yeah, you should now watch I it. I know what to go watch. Yeah, <laughs> you're watching tonight. It's about um the Challenger, I think it was in the 80s, um and they basically were getting so cocky NASA was and they were saying we're finally going to we're going to launch this with um, like a civilian. Okay. So they did this huge campaign and they found, um, I think she was like a fourth grade teacher or some great teacher. And they were like, she's going to be the first person. And so they launched it. And then like 90 seconds after launching, it just exploded. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they attribute it to, there was like a faulty O-ring. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. That's just like, well, it's huge, obviously, in a spaceship. But for that to blow up the whole entire spacecraft, it was pretty sad, too. Because, like, watching the video, it's from so far away, yeah. you don't even know what's going on. And, yeah. like, everyone, her parents, like, everyone's... And, obviously, the astronauts lost their lives, too. But it was it was just sad because everyone's like, what's going on? Yeah. And, and so, like, I think that kind of halted nasa a little bit because yeah it was a civilian i mean yeah i remember but i don't know where i was going with that it's a cool documentary <laughs> it's a cool documentary i remember uh, learning about like the whole o-ring situation and uh-huh. it is crazy i mean there was a lot of factors that kind of went wrong yeah there was um temperatures and yeah it was yeah freezing it was the night before cool, yeah. and so you know they didn't they knew that it could happen but yeah they, they felt them. a lot of pressure you know so i think um yeah, it's just, it's such a, I remember, I like I said, learning about it in school and being uh, like, wow, that could have been prevented, but it goes back to engineering ethics. Like, do you, yeah, do you make the right call for, and that's the same with the Boeing because weren't they, they were just trying to cut costs. I think so. Yeah. And so they designed this mechanism that would stop um, if it started, I don't exactly know what happened, but basically they were trying to cut costs instead of just let the engineers do their job. Yeah. I, I mean, let's. Yeah, ethics is a huge thing. I think it all goes back to that, like, not cutting costs, making sure things are are safe. Not only if there's, like, humans, but also, like you said, a lot of money is spent on taxpayers on satellites. Yeah, that's expensive game. Space space stuff. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, let's go back to school again. (laughs) The the hard days. So, um, as a woman, did you, like, face any sort of like harassment or things where people were just like oh you're you're a stupid woman you can't do that or was there any sort of situations like that yeah um, i would like to quickly answer and say no but i can't because i did experience a lot of that i don't know if it was because well i'm a woman and a minority so i think it's like a double Mm -hmm. whammy in some situations unfortunately Mm -hmm. um but i just like one situation comes to mind where i remember going to lab we had for every class you have like a lab to go with it um so Mm -hmm. like for thermodynamics you take the thermodynamics class and then you have Mm -hmm. to go to lab and actually like apply the concepts Mm -hmm. Uh, and i remember i got assigned in a group of with two other guys and Mm -hmm. they were just like ignoring me the whole time like no matter what i said they were just like 
look at me and then like keep talking keep going. yeah and so i talked to the professor and i was like hey is it okay if i like switch teams uh-huh. i don't feel like my team is like interested in having me <laughs> yeah. in the team yeah um, and i just remember her saying no this is how industry is so make them yeah. listen to you like it's kind of a good lesson but it's, yeah sucks it sucked but she was like when you get a job you can't just ask for a new yeah. team you have to learn how to work with them so she gave me the advice of like come to lab tomorrow like really prepared like mm-hmm. maybe work a little bit ahead so you can like show them that you you're more than, yeah like i mean it sucked she was a woman as well and yeah. she was like one of the most feared professors which i guess it goes back to like mm-hmm. women in power have like this bad connotation but which is another layer to that but yeah yeah um she was like okay yeah if you come in and you're prepared and you like show them the work then maybe like that will give them mm-hmm. that will give you a way in with them if you dress like a man then <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, i'm just joking <laughs> basically <laughs> that's right so i just remember like i showed up with like 90 percent of the lab done mm-hmm. and i showed it to them and i was like i already checked in with the professor and she said it looked correct and we uh-huh. were like this was good and i just remember the guy i'm not gonna name him because someone might know him um, <laughs> and he might be a changed person yeah. now who knows who knows um he just said no we're not gonna use that like it's probably Damn. wrong so i thought it's probably wrong yeah he said that i just remember so i like i remember walking away and crying in the bathroom for like mm-hmm. five minutes and then i got myself together and i came back and i said don't put my name on the lab i'm gonna turn in my own work mm-hmm. which was a risk because i had already talked to the professor and I, she told me i couldn't leave the team right so mm-hmm. I talked to her after and I was like, here's my lab. They mm-hmm. didn't want to take my work and I don't know any of about their work. So I don't feel comfortable putting my name on their work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she saw my side of the story at that point and she allowed me to turn in my own lab. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I got back at them when I got a 95 and they got like an 82 or something. <laughs> so I like showed That it. feels like, good. I, yeah. I like put it in front of them and yeah. I was like, this is what you could have had, but you didn't want it. Did they believe you from then on or was it? class was over at uh, that time yeah well after a lab you kind of switch teams oh. so that you get to work with the rest of the class oh but gotcha i think it did create kind of like a as taylor swift would say bad blood between us so <laughs> we never got along after that <laughs> but yeah. i feel like all of the girls in the class experience that at some point yeah yeah and then if you for example like there was a girl that was like really smart and she would always get like really good grades and stuff mm-hmm. and but she was always like hanging around like i mean you have to hang around other guys right but then like yeah. people would talk really bad about her and they're like oh well she probably like you know does stuff to get like answers and stuff and i'm like that's so messed oh up like you wouldn't say that about a guy like no no yeah and if you did it'd be like oh that's so cool <laughs> yeah i don't know i just feel like there's still a lot of stereotypes and yeah absolutely yeah. i looked up and i don't know if this is correct or not but it's um the percent of women engineers is only 16 percent, and i bet aerospace engineer is even smaller mm-hmm, number yeah. than that but yeah that's pretty astound astounding that it's such a low number which yeah. i think um hopefully like you were saying it it's goes up with these mm-hmm. stem schools coming in place and yeah. there's a lot of programs like encouraging women to get into um stem or engineering or or other careers yeah i like even now i am the only woman in most of my meetings at work my whole team right now is all guys so yeah yeah, we need more women (laughs) i feel like not only do we need more women but we need more people from all other backgrounds i feel like 
everyone can bring so much to the table and new perspectives and way of thinking. That's so interesting, like tying that back into ethics because one person's ethics isn't necessarily the same. Yeah. And so having just all that diversity of of women's ethics, men's ethics, Hispanic, black, whatever, just all different backgrounds of what like would be good for society versus what wouldn't be. Yeah. So that would be interesting. And I think it helps you all the the 10 people who listen to the podcast <laughs> maybe they'll be inspired yes tell girls they can do it too i think it's really important that's why i'm like super involved with like stem outreach mm-hmm. it's because <clears throat> like you said at the beginning sometimes when you don't have those examples yeah. in your life you think it's not for you yeah but if someone comes in and talks to you in third grade and says hey look at me i come from a low-income family my mm-hmm. family migrated here from mexico like mm-hmm. i'm mexican mm-hmm. i I'm a woman like and look yeah. at me I'm doing it I'm I'm in the yeah, field it's and it's possible like yeah. like you said I'm just another human and you can yeah. do it too I think that makes a huge difference yeah it definitely um, does I always thought that was like just kind of cheesy but it really it totally I does. it really does when you yeah. see someone who's like oh you're just another human because everyone's mm-hmm. just a human everyone makes mistakes I think uh, for me like that's also a persona of government that you just think oh government's like perfect they can't make any mistakes but it's like no nope, nope. they're just people too like they probably make more mistakes <laughs> yeah yeah so well that that's obviously terrible that i mean there's still harassment and, and things and but it i think it's also a good lesson that your teacher was like you gotta try like you know yeah. you gotta do something because like you said now currently working you're the only woman in all meetings but yeah i mean some meetings there's like there's two yeah. or three and i'm like hey there's more of us <laughs> what's up yeah let's be friends but, yeah definitely um, for the most part yeah it can be not demotivating but like for me i always doubt myself a little more and you know i probably shouldn't because like yeah. you said everyone's capable and i earned my degree just as mm. much as the guy next the guy, to me yeah but sometimes i'm like uh i don't know maybe i shouldn't speak up or maybe i shouldn't ask the question yeah. i like i don't i feel like you're already a step behind in terms of like wh- what people think of you and then you're afraid of like asking the wrong thing or saying yeah. the wrong thing and yeah. looking stupid even though you shouldn't think like that so that's another thing that i've had to overcome that yeah, i think absolutely. a lot of guys don't even think about when they're no. working they're just like yeah. i'm just gonna ask my question or say yeah. a statement and it is what it is you know so it's a tough world sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I never realized because, like, you never, until you get into the workplace, you never have, like, I mean, in school, there's, like, simulations of you doing projects and, like, presenting stuff. But then it's a whole other ballgame when you get into a job and there's, like, six men standing there just looking at you and they're all taller than you. They're all just, like, and you're just, like, oh, this is so intimidating. Yeah. And it's not, that's also not to say that, like, you can't have, six women women standing around that are in higher positions than you and being intimidating intimidating, but But still it's just the aspect of like i feel like if everyone's taller than you all looking down on you and you're just like i am pretty short no i'm I'm talking about me like a man is is gonna be taller than me for the most part yeah but yeah it can definitely be intimidating but yeah i mean it doesn't help that i have like purple hair and (laughs) tattoos and stuff you know i probably didn't help the cause but yeah here we are they're instantly like they you feel like there's instantly like stereotypes of like mm-hmm. oh she doesn't oh, she's know probably crazy and she doesn't know <laughs> well you you gotta feel like you either just gotta step up there's only so much like complaining you can do but yeah. obviously you want things to change but i mean i do want things to change yeah 
but it sucks like like um, it goes back to like most guys don't have to come into the job to prove themselves yeah like, they're all like you you hire a, a a like a guy and they come mm-hmm. into the team and there's like instant trust until they mm-hmm. lose that trust or they do something for us women it's like you come into the team and you have to prove yourself to gain that trust in the first place yeah yeah absolutely they don't even think they wouldn't even think about it like yeah i've seen it a lot of times yeah well it's the same like with uh i heard some on some podcast some guy was like i never even thought about like women like if they see a creepy man they're like instantly intimidated or not intimidated but like scared and have crossed the street or changed their plans or something some guys like i never even like would see that guy yeah like no no clue whatsoever but i yeah you see sketchy guys all the time and you're like i'm not doing that by myself we're like uh how do i avoid yeah walking past them yeah or like you grab like the closest thing to whip and you have next to you like your keys or something yeah Mm -hmm. it sucks yeah i've changed i've changed plans a few times like pulled into a parking spot saw some like completely sketchy guy staring at me and i'm like all right i'm going to the next door not gonna not come doing here. that <laughs> yeah but that might be something guys don't necessarily think about but oh well so moving on um you finish up school at mm-hmm. cu and what did you fi- face challenges then trying to get into the workplace and how long until you got like that job that you were working towards yeah so I graduated in 2016. 2016. I always want to say 2015, but it's, it was 2016. <laughs> um, I just like 15 because it's yeah. like a good number. It's good. Yeah. It's a good number. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was hard getting a job because, well, there was two things that I think were kind of working against me. Like I said, I had to work a full-time job at school. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to lose that job, but I had to work summers as well. Mm-hmm. Which meant I couldn't get an internship. And uh, a lot of people got their first offers from Mm. their internship. Mm, Yes. So I didn't have that opportunity. And it might have been probably one of the biggest mistakes of my life because it didn't get me through the door anywhere. Mm -hmm. But also I wanted to keep my job in school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going back, it's like whatever. But that was one of the things that was going against me is I didn't have internship i did work with a professor during the summers kind of like after work and helping her with like her gps research and that was really cool it gave me a lot of experience but yeah it wasn't in a company you know so that sucked and then the other thing is that it's really competitive to get a job as an aerospace engineer like now that more people are finding out about it and are being interested in it Mm -hmm. i think there's a lot more graduates now Mm -hmm. um and so for one job you get so many applicants and it's like hard to make yourself stand out yeah especially as someone who doesn't like that's my first job right so it's like mm-hmm. two to three years of experience is yeah, like everything i'm like all right well <laughs> let me see what i can do <laughs> i don't know yeah i hate that they say entry-level job and then it's like two, with two to three years of yeah experience. i'm like, like how's that entry-level how's that? Like, yeah how does it make any sense yeah so it was hard getting a job. I think it took me, I want to say a year mm-hmm. before I got like an aerospace job. I was working at a startup company doing kind of software development, but it obviously wasn't aerospace related. It mm-hmm. was just, I think it was like a health app or something, something oh, completely unrelated. Even, yeah. Like, um, But I got that job so that I could still apply to other aerospace jobs in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So I would say it was like a, a year before I got That's an offer good. from 
Maxar, which was back then known as Digital Globe. Mm-hmm. And I've been with them ever since. But nice. Did you apply several times to them? Yeah, yeah. I applied. I can't. I think <laughs> Don't I... Don't even know. I think for every company... Okay, no. For... I really like Digital Globe and like what mm-hmm. they stood for. So I really wanted to get a job with them. So that was like the company that I was focused on. Mm-hmm. But I think I applied... I want to say to like 30 positions or something with them. Mm. And I got some interviews. I got some interviews for some of them, but ultimately they're like, oh, we need a little, someone with a little bit more experience. And you're like, well, I can't get experience if you don't give me a a chance, you know, like, (laughs) yeah. But thankfully I found a job. So what is your title now? Right now, my official title is spacecraft simulation engineer. Nice yeah sounds fancy yeah <laughs> i started as an integration test engineer so i think i've come a long way <laughs> yeah <laughs> worked your way up that's yeah. good that's yeah that's what you got to do you got to start and then prove yourself and just work your way up from there yeah absolutely and you were saying one of the um jobs had like two thousand applicants yeah i applied to a job at i think it was lockheed mm and i feel like that's a big name yeah and i remember the recruiter called me and she was like don't feel bad you made it into the top 100 but there was like 2000 plus applicants for this application and i was like okay i don't feel that bad but still like just hearing those numbers it's like crap am i ever gonna get a job like there's that many people looking for jobs yeah and you you think i've worked this hard i put in like so much work and this is kind of a a prestigious degree mm-hmm. that not everyone has and still yeah and then that's when that's it. when you're like maybe i should have gone to mit maybe that would have been like the one factor yeah. you know but yeah that's it, like sticks like out that. no think like that you just got to keep applying and yeah. and hopefully someone and someone did obviously someone. and you got you're with a good company now yeah there's also the thing where i was telling you earlier like if you have if you know someone in the yeah. company then like a connection can make a huge difference but mm-hmm. like i said i don't come from a family of engineers like mm-hmm. or anything i didn't know yeah i didn't know anyone in the industry so yeah. i had to start from scratch uh but you know like now uh yeah i just want to say like like for future like uh-huh. i have some friends that are doing aerospace now uh-huh. and like i'm like maybe in the future i can help them you know yeah, because yeah, now yeah. they know someone like yeah and then you get more people in yeah so yeah that's what i'm talking about like you know it's also good for the for my community i guess yeah so. yeah <laughs> absolutely there's probably yeah there's definitely got to be people who are like around you who are like yeah i can do it i yeah. can probably do it jackie did it yeah like my cousin he's in high school mm-hmm. and well i don't know if he's changed his mind but last time i talked to him he mm-hmm. was like you inspired me to be like an engineer i don't know if he still wants to be aerospace but the like is yeah. majored to me because like yeah that's huge i'm like hey buddy hey buddy that's awesome hey bucko you got it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's awesome for sure so now let's get into the cool stuff did you what like cool satellites are you allowed to talk about any satellites that you've tested or worked on or Mm -hmm. new technology that's um like piqued your interest now working at maxar yeah yeah i mean i can't go into all the details but like right now i'm working on like the legion satellites which are which is the new constellation that Maxar has. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so in orbit right now, we have Worldview 1, Worldview 2, Worldview 3, and GOI. So we have four. So do you still do testing on things that are in satellite right now? They, or you're, you were saying you would do it parallel to when they're making it. Sorry. Right. Yeah. So we sometimes I, I do help them out with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that I'm going to get more involved actually mm-hmm. coming in here pretty soon. Um, just 
kind of handling the simulation for that those satellites as well mm-hmm. right now i've been really focused on the new satellites mm-hmm. um but what i wanted to say is like those satellites that we have in orbit are pretty huge like yeah they're they're huge like they're like the size of a bus and the legion ones are like the size of a refrigerator right so it's like we're trying to have uh a new constellation of like smaller satellites that kind of does the same thing so that's what i've been working on is just like simulating um you know working with that system that's mm. going to be on those satellites and making sure that our like our ground system can can talk to them and Support can command them and yeah. you know tell them like hey take a picture of this or like take a mm-hmm. picture of that and so what are know. this can you tell us what the satellites like the purpose is yeah. so backstar focuses on imaging satellites okay. so think of like google maps like those uh-huh. images if you put it on satellite view most of those pictures come from us actually oh. um Snapchat uses us as well. Really? Yeah, it's kind of cool. Snapchat's creepy. <laughs> it is a little creepy, but but yeah, the the location where you can find all your friends' location, or is it not just that like estimate? if you or just like the, the satellite itself? imagery as well? Gotcha. So I, we have like, I mean, obviously we have customers that use it for other purposes other than like maps. Mm-hmm. We have like construction companies that use it for like buildings and mm-hmm. um, mapping out like where to put things in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, most all of our satellites are imaging satellites. Okay. So they take pictures of the Earth from up above. Dang. Yes. How many, do you know how many are in orbit right now? Not just Maxar, just all satellites? Oh, that's a lot. Num- like, that's, that's crazy it's, how many. It's so many. I can't, I can't think of the number. I used to know it, but it's a lot. If you look yeah. it up, it'll probably blow your mind. I, I, I'll look it up later. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the sad thing is like most of them, well, some of them are like not operational so it's like space junk yeah so not only are humans you know putting junk in the oceans and here on earth but we're also putting junk on space like in space so do they ever like come back oh it says three thousand satellites yeah. operating in earth uh earth's orbit right now yeah it's a lot that's insane it is a lot i mean you have to think about like communication satellites which is like what we use for cell phones and wi-fi and internet and then there's like weather satellites and then there's like imaging satellites and i'm sure other countries have like their Mm -hmm. own their own setup setup how does that work that's interesting there's like i I mean i don't know too much about it there's a team that i know we have at maxar that works with like navigating the satellites in terms Mm -hmm. of like if they're about to bump into another satellite i mean for the most part they stay in the orbit sometimes they they do tend to Uh fall off the orbit a little bit but yeah, I think there's a organization that's like international that works with all of the people that own satellites in space and make uh-huh. sure that like they're not colliding into each other or like messing with each other, yeah. stuff like that. So, dang, yeah, it's that's a whole insane. thing. Yeah, I didn't realize there was that many in orbit. That's, there's so many. That's crazy. Yeah, like we have one that's not operational. It actually mm. died last year. Mm. Um, and it just depends, like some people or some companies do bring them down. I know mm. our plan is to eventually decommission it. I don't know when that will happen, but. How does it happen? Um, you just tell it to come crashing down to earth. Really? Yeah. They just plan, like, does it cr- crash in the ocean? They yeah. just plan for, for it For the too? most part, they crash it into the ocean. Dang. But there's a lot of regulations that go with it, like NOAA yeah. here in Boulder. Um, they have all these rules. I don't know all of them. Yeah. yeah like I said, I don't work with that team, but. I assume, like, they don't want, like, you know, hydroxine or whatever into the ocean. That's, like, like, super cancerous. So, I think you have to, like, burn up all your fuel and, Uh you know, 
make it as safe as possible for it to dang that's that's crazy you never there's probably so many regulations Mm -hmm. space regulations which you never even you never even think about yeah it's a whole other like yeah i mean it's an industry so there's so much like i said i don't know all of it like that's not my area of expertise but Mm -hmm. i do know that there's a lot of like regulations and rules that you have to follow yeah not only when launching but also when like decommissioning something or bringing something back down to earth yeah wow wow that's crazy are they bringing the hubble back because isn't aren't they replace they're replacing the hubble with the james webb yes so is the hubble dead i don't i don't know i don't think it's dead right now it's not <laughs> i think it's still taking pictures oh but just not very good i think it's just near it's it's still active after its final overhaul in 2019 the hubble was expected to last until 2015 now nasa officials say they're committed to keeping the iconic space observatory going as long as possible yeah I, I, so i guess it's still going yeah I, I yeah i think it's still taking pictures i mean they might not be very good pictures but when you compare it to i i guess like a, a uh, picture from the james webb but yeah i think it's still operational so yeah hey. and it's yeah it's kind of iconic i feel like that's the only one mm-hmm. that people like know yeah is the hubble yeah so are there, are there other um like just cool satellites that you were that kind of just you intrigued you when you were at maxar well all i mean all i know are the ones i work on yeah yeah so i don't know don't know yeah that's fine don't know sorry (laughs) no you're fine there's that's i feel like that's intriguing enough like those um the capabilities of the like the google Mm -hmm. maps and things like that and and snapchat is creepy yeah with all that (laughs) (laughs) and that goes into obviously the ethics too you know yeah of what are there rules on like what Mm -hmm. because um like with um the edward snowden to this where he got in trouble basically where he didn't get in trouble but he came out and said that the government can like hack into anyone's uh, camera and audio and they can just listen at any time or basically there wasn't a lot of privacy rights so can like a satellite do that too they just take a picture inside someone's home or they can't go to that no um you have what's called a resolution limit Mm -hmm. so you can't go past Uh, that resolution i mean it's still a good resolution but you couldn't see like inside someone's house uh-huh. and you could tell like cars apart from each other in the street yeah. and like the um the virtual reality have you done that Mm-mm. the virtual reality google map you can like stand and like look up at skyscrapers and it feels like you're standing oh, wow. on the street yeah i think it's insane most of those are done not through us though i think yeah. those pictures are taken i think by like drones oh when you see the little cars yeah, or the too. little cars yeah i the satellite imagery it's like for us is like top view mm-hmm. um and we like not only us but all of the company passed passed yeah so they can i mean you can, it's not technically you could build something you could. but we're not allowed to not allowed to mm-hmm. gotcha are the other countries allowed to like are there there's probably worldwide restrictions because you could probably use I that so. for national defense and like things like that yeah i mean i know i don't know about other countries having those regulations but i know like other countries are allowed to use our satellites sometimes Mm -hmm. um obviously they have to pay yeah um but when that happens then you know they have the same resolution limits that we use yeah yeah. i don't know about other countries having those i mean not a lot of other countries have 
the capability so, of launching satellites and yeah. having satellites most of them do contracting through the u.s or mm-hmm. other countries that have space programs but i don't know honestly hmm. i don't know it's a good question me launching stuff we don't know about up there. we don't know yeah. what are you guys doing <laughs> just kidding that's crazy all right well is there anything other interesting you'd like to add because I, I have a, a final question of the podcast which might throw things off but i ask it for everyone oh yeah <laughs> uh-oh i'm a little scared yeah. just kidding no i i mean space is awesome it can be scary but mm. i think yeah the vast just nothingness that we don't know yeah that's crazy it can be overwhelming but i think yeah. for me it kind of helps me ground me sometimes i'm like yeah think about all of the possibilities that could have been and you still made it like yeah. you're still on this earth you're living like i don't know yeah it's just like a crazy no, it's thought insane. and for <laughs> me it it makes me like almost happy and it's almost like a comforting feeling to to think about how, how insignificant i am like if i do something it it really doesn't it, it does doesn't matter, matter to my like a micro view of my mm-hmm. life but like it's so small you know compared yeah. to everything else so I guess it is a good question. It ties in. So the last question that I ask <laughs> to everybody, um, which I, I don't know, it just is something intriguing. And I think it's not talked about a whole lot, like about death. So my question is, what do you think happens when you die? Oh my gosh, that's a hard is question. That, or you can say, I don't know if you don't feel comfortable. Um, have you watched the movie Soul from Disney? No, I haven't. Okay. Do they go into death and soul? They do. They do I thought it was it. like a cool concept that they did for kids. Yeah. But honestly, I don't know. I think uh-huh. I think I'm like stuck between believing that nothing happens. Like you just die and that's it. But then even applying it to science, you're like conservation of energy, right? Like you mm-hmm. have energy and... It's got to be transferred somewhere. Somewhere, or, yeah. right? So I don't know. I, I mean, I'm stuck between nothing and like, okay, maybe we do have a soul and that kind of goes somewhere yeah that's that that's what um the last two people i interviewed they said nothing if have you ever seen the the bill burr um he's a comedian Mm -mm. he basically which was kind of an epiphany for epiphany for me he said um someone told him well what do you think happened before you were alive and he's like well that's what happens when you die you're like yeah that could that could be but you know you kind of want to hope that maybe there's something yeah i think maybe I, I'm I'm leaning towards nothing, but yeah, yeah there, I guess there's hope because you know you like living and you hope that you live on, but and hope that there's like reason that it's not just like, yeah. Yep. I guess that's it. Also makes it more um, valuable, like how random and how that this is happening right now. It's just crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you, Jackie. I appreciate you coming by and and being a part of the podcast. Um, and so as always, if anyone wants to contribute, thinks that there's someone who would be a good interview or any suggestions or anything, that email is listed on the, uh, Spotify link, um, or you can DM me or whatever. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome.